Hello Gator Nation and welcome into the latest edition of Locked On Gators, your team every day. I'm your host, Zach Albaverde, staff writer for the Lake City Reporter. You know, for us, you look at what our plan to win is. Uh, I don't think we, we didn't follow that play. Great defense. We, we didn't do that. I was concerned. I was really concerned about the run game coming in. Uh, and, uh, and obviously, we didn't do a great job stopping the run. Um, something watching them on film. I thought I thought they ran the ball a little better than they were getting credit for. Uh, I think defensively, injuries finally caught up to us. You know, this year. I mean, we've been just devastated with injuries. I, I don't know, a team that's been suffered more injuries than we have this year, and I think it finally caught up to us tonight. You know, when you lose your both your starting DNs, pretty much out for the didn't play. Uh, you know, especially in this type of environment, catches up to you. Uh, red zone scoring, huge aspect of it. We had, right, we should, you know, if we just score touchdowns in the red zone, two possessions there in the fourth quarter. Didn't come away with points, and you need to do that. If we did, we'd still be playing. That was Florida coach Dan Mullen discussing his team's loss on Saturday. The Gators give up 21 unanswered points in the fourth quarter and fall to the LSU Tigers 42-28. to What's up, Florida fans? Welcome into the latest edition of Locked on Gators. On today's show, we'll recap our five keys to the game in the first segment. In the second segment, I'll take out my report card and grade the Gators. And in the final segment, we'll bring you some post-game comments from Mullen and the players. And shout out to Matt from the Locked on LSU podcast. He picked the Tigers to cover the spread, and they were able to do that on Saturday. Both he and I predict Florida to score 20 points. The Gators got more than that on the offensive side of the ball. But on the other side, LSU scores more than both he and I were expecting. But let's start this first segment off with reviewing our five keys to the game. And number one for Florida on Saturday was winning the turnover battle. The Gators came into the game leading the nation in takeaways and interceptions. But on Saturday in Death Valley, they came up with nothing against Joe Burrow in that offense. LSU wins the turnover battle one to nothing, picking off Kyle Trask in the end zone in the fourth quarter. And I think everybody who was watching the game knew when that pick was thrown, it could be the deciding factor, and that turned out to be the case. Florida just wasn't able to do anything defensively in terms of forcing turnovers. Safety Brad Stewart did have an opportunity to make an interception during the game. He disguised his coverage and stepped back and almost had a pick on Joe Burrow. But that was really the closest the Gators came to having a turnover. Our second key to the game for the Gators was trying to get a fast start. And they weren't able to really do that on Saturday, but they still survived some unproductive opening drives. LSU gets the ball first drives right down the field, and then they miss their field goal to give the Gators some momentum. But then the offense comes on the field and has a three and out, and that was the first time that the Gators had not scored on their opening drive with Kyle Trask at quarterback. The Tigers get the ball back, and this time they're able to put it on the end zone in their next drive. But fortunately for Florida, the offense responded. Kyle Trask and the Gators move right back down the field, score a touchdown, even the game at seven. And then Florida and LSU went back and forth for three quarters, until we got to the fourth, which brings us to our third key of the game, handling sudden change. And there wasn't much of it on Saturday night in Death Valley, but there was a moment in the game where momentum swung all the way in LSU's favor and the Gators were not able to respond. And that was on the drive where Kyle Trask throws the interception in the red zone, which was also the play where Tyree Cleveland had the LSU DB draped all over him, dragging his shirt from the ground, and there was no pass interference call. But nonetheless, Florida turns it over on that series. And then on the ensuing possession, LSU scores on Jamar Chase's big touchdown catch. And at that point, the game was pretty much over. Florida had a chance to go back down, 
try and make it a one-score game and get the onside kick, but they weren't able to convert again in the red zone. But that pick really was the turning point in the game, and Florida's defense was not able to handle that sudden change. Our fourth key to the game was getting sacks and pressure and hits on Joe Burrow, and that did not happen for this Florida defense. The Gators get zero sacks, zero quarterback hurries, Kind of to be expected because Florida misses its two starting defensive ends in this game. Jonathan Grenard didn't go at all. Mullen revealed afterward that he actually got hurt in the Auburn game, sat out all week in practice, tried to give it a go on Saturday, and wasn't able to play. The Gators also lose Jabari Zuniga during the game. He was coming back off of ankle injury and obviously still wasn't 100% because once those two guys went away, Florida wasn't able to generate any pass rush whatsoever. And then there were a few plays where they did get to Joe Burrow and had him scrambling around in the pocket, and their front seven players just were not able to bring him down every time he got away. And there was one play where it was third down, and the Gators had an opportunity to get a critical stop, and they allow him to extend the drive with his legs, and they end up putting it in the end zone at the end of that series. So this was a huge letdown for the Gators in this matchup. They came into the game ranking third in the country in sacks, but they really missed Grenard and Zuniga on Saturday night. And our final key to the game was secondary play in which school would own bragging rights for a year and get to crown itself as DBU. And I have to say, after what we watched Saturday, I don't think either school should be calling themselves DBU. And I saw SEC Network after the game tweet out a graphic of an LSU defensive back with DBU across it. Look, when you give up four passing touchdowns and 310 yards through the air to a quarterback making his first road start, you shouldn't be calling yourself DBU. Trash picked apart LSU secondary on Saturday. He had one bad throw in the game, and that was because his first read wasn't there, because Tyree Cleveland was being held. Besides that, Trash had nothing but success against these defensive backs, and the same can be said for Joe Burrow against Florida's DBs. We'll grade them in the next segment, but after giving up the plays that they did against Burrow and company, Florida secondary needs to get back to work as well. When we come back from this first break, we'll take out our report card and grade Florida's performance over LSU. You're listening to Locked on Gators, your team every day. Make a memory that lasts a lifetime and let the Vivid Seats app help you get to your favorite live event. Enter promo code KICKOFF at checkout to receive a discount of up to $100. Welcome back into the show. It is time to grade the Gators, and we start, as we always do, with the quarterback position. And an A-minus performance from Kyle Trask will knock him down just a bit for that pick, but he finishes 23 of 39 for 310 yards, three touchdowns, with a passer rating of 146. He also had 21 yards rushing in the game. You saw him run some option plays, although you probably didn't want to see him running that on the last play of the game. But nonetheless, a great performance from number 11. He becomes just the fourth Florida quarterback to post a 300-yard passing game since 2010. The others were John Brantley in 2011, Luke Del Rio in 2016, and Tyler Murphy in 2013. But all those quarterbacks threw for 300 yards against teams that were not as good as the Tigers. Brantley did it against Furman. Luke Del Rio did it against Kentucky at home. And Tyler Murphy did it against Vanderbilt. You're talking about Kyle Trask going to Death Valley in his first road start and throwing for 310 yards and three touchdowns, which we found out from SEC Network made him the first Gators quarterback since Tim Tebow in 2007 
to throw for three touchdowns on the road against an AP top 10 team. And that was also the last time that Florida threw four touchdown passes on the road. And that's how many the Gators finished with on Saturday because Emory Jones also gets in on the action. He throws a touchdown pass to LaMichael Pirine, also rushes the ball nine times for 36 yards. It provided a spark for the Gators off the bench. Some question him being inserted to the game on the play before the Trask pick, but it was second and two. Mullen is putting him in there thinking that he's going to pick up the first down on the ground. And that was because the Gators struggled with their running backs. I gave them a C performance against the Tigers. LaMichael Pirine rushes the ball 17 times, but is only able to gain 65 yards. That's less than four yards per carry. Damian Pierce didn't go in this game, and Malik Davis carried the ball twice for five yards. But Florida just wasn't able to run the ball in this game. One, because they were trailing for most of it and had to pass the ball with Trask. And secondly, because the offensive line could not open up holes consistently. There were some plays where I felt like creases got created, especially to the outside. And either Florida's running backs or quarterbacks didn't hit it right. But no matter what, Florida just didn't get enough done on the ground. I think Mullen was hoping at some point they would break a big run in the second half like they did against Auburn, and it just didn't happen. However, the wide receivers and tight ends once again did their thing, and a performance for both of those position groups. Van Jefferson leads the way with eight catches for 73 yards and two touchdowns. He was a go-to target for Kyle Trask, targeted 10 times in this game, and also took that awful hit in the end zone and was able to get up from it. And I really like the route running ability that he showed on the other touchdown catch that he had. Siobhan Grimes also stepped up with a touchdown catch in this game. He finishes with three receptions for 30 yards. Freddie Swain, two catches for 29 yards. Jacob Copeland makes an appearance and catches two balls for 25 yards. We mentioned the touchdown catch by LaMichael Pirine. And Tyree Cleveland also had a 17-yard grab. And Josh Hammond made a catch for seven yards. So a lot of guys got involved. Kyle Trask was able to distribute to different receivers, and these guys have lived up to their preseason billing as the best wide receiver group in more than a decade. And Kyle Pitts, another big game at the tight end position. He has a 100-yard receiving night with five catches for 108 yards. He was also a go-to target for Kyle Trask, targeted 10 times in that game, and he just gave the Tigers fits in that first half. Now, they did a good job defending him in the second half, but he was still able to come up with a big play put the Gators in scoring position, and he has quickly emerged as one of Florida's best players on offense. And then moving over to the offensive line, I give the Gators a C-minus performance. There were some things to like and some things not to like about this game. Once again, I thought that they did a good job giving Kyle Trask time in the pocket. You don't complete 23 passes and throw for 310 yards if your offensive line is not giving you the time that you need. But he was sacked twice in this game for a loss of 17 yards. And there were other times where LSU's defensive line just blew up Florida at the line of scrimmage and disrupted the timing of plays either in the run game or the passing game. I mean, their nose tackle was really pushing Nick Buchanan back. And like I said earlier, Florida just wasn't able to consistently open up holes for their running backs in the ground game. Moving over to the defensive line, and this was the position group that was the least productive for the Gators. I give them a D performance in this game, but you do have to take into account the fact that they had their starting defensive ends out. Grenard and Zuniga both not able to play with ankle injuries, and that affected Florida's ability to generate a pass rush and also defend the run. LSU starting tailback goes for 134 yards on just 13 carries. He averaged 10.3 yards per touch. 
He had two touchdown runs, including a long of 57, and LSU finishes with 218 yards on the ground and three touchdowns. And you're talking about an offense that had some of the same issues as Florida. They weren't able to run the ball early in the season, and their offensive line had struggled and been criticized for the inconsistencies in their performance. But on Saturday night, they came out and dominated Florida's front seven, and that was not an outcome that I expected to see in this matchup. I also give Florida's linebacker group a C-minus grade for their performance, and this was a tough game for Ventrell Miller. He finished with three tackles, but he was the guy on several of LSU's long plays and touchdowns that was supposed to fill his gap and was not there. He just did not do a good job carrying out his assignments on Saturday. I thought that David Reese II did his thing for the most part. He finishes with four tackles in this game. Amari Bernie comes up with three, but this Florida linebacker group has been playing lights out for most of the season, and like their defensive line, they really struggled going up against the Tigers. And then I gave Florida's defensive backs a C grade in this game. Obviously, you look at Joe Burrow's final numbers, and it doesn't reflect well on Florida's secondary. He finishes 21 of 24 for 293 yards and three touchdowns, a passer rating of 231.3. And the fact that he only had three incomplete passes in this game speaks to the success that he was able to have against these Gators defensive backs. And some of it was scheme. You saw in the first half that they played a lot of zone coverage, which I didn't think that they should do in this matchup. And then Florida came out in the second half after making some adjustments, and they had those guys up closer to the line of scrimmage playing some press man. But no matter what coverage Florida was in, Joe Burrow and his receivers basically did whatever they want against the Gators DBs. Justin Jefferson finishes with 10 catches for 123 yards and one touchdown. Jamar Chase, the former Gators wide receiver commit, finishes with seven catches for 127 yards and two touchdowns. So those guys absolutely went off. I thought that C.J. Henderson had some moments in the game where he played well. He ends up with three pass breakups, but there were some big plays that he gave up in the game. Trading the third really struggled from his nickel spot. And Sean Davis, he led the Gators with six tackles, but also gave up some big plays and got beat pretty badly in open field on that long run. And then special teams were really not much of a factor in this game. LSU misses that field goal on the opening drive, but Florida wasn't able to really do anything with its units to affect the game. Florida coach Dan Mullen was really critical on the performance of his defense after the game on Saturday. The Gators give up 21 answered points in that second half, and you can tell that he was frustrated with Florida's inability to make adjustments to what LSU was doing. And then offensively, he was proud of the performance from Kyle Trask and some of the other players who stepped up and made plays. But in the end, when you get down in the red zone, you got to punch it in. And that was something that he harped on after the game. And they ran the ball 24 plays for 218 yards. That's not very good run defense. Their, their ability to run the ball really was the big difference in the game. You know, I don't think we got very, you know, we didn't, weren't able to get pressure on him, uh, which was one thing to see how he'd handle getting the pressure on him. And, and when we did, he did a good job of scrambling, right? He had 43 yards rushing. So he had a pretty good job running the ball when we, when we were able to get pressure on him. No, I thought I thought the fact that they were I was concerned the run and I thought the injuries once we had all those injuries on the D line and we we you know I thought that was a big factor, um, so I, it wasn't wasn't surprising I, I knew they could score points and um, you know what we you, you look at what you want to accomplish which is you know create some pressure don't give up the explosive plays stop the run no 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 uh, you know you're doing that with some freshman D linemen in there at times and. Uh, you know, miss some fits. So, uh, but, you know, all stuff we got to get fixed up. 
Yeah, I thought he I thought, did a really good job. You know, I mean, uh, thought he Emery did a really good job. Came in and, and gave a good mix up for us. Uh, you know, both those guys. Uh, I gotta I I don't have a whole lot to complain with their performances tonight. I thought they handled the environment. Uh, it was an amazing environment. It's what makes the SEC so special. Uh, I don't, you know, everybody was worried. Is the environment going to get to our young offensive line and get to our quarterbacks that don't have much experience? Didn't. Uh, they handled it in every situation, but didn't do the things we needed to do at the end of win. I don't know. I mean, if you would have come in and said, we're going to throw for more yards than LSU tonight, you'd probably be like, really? But we did. And But, you know, I mean, it was the other things that we didn't do within our plan to win to win the game. You know what I mean? And we, we thought, uh, we, we thought I, honestly, coming into the, the game, we thought we'd be able to run the ball a little bit on them. You know, even though we struggled with that, I thought we, we did at times. We were able to run the ball at times. Uh, I liked We thought we could create some matchups in the pass game. I thought we were able to create some matchups in the pass game, spread the ball around to some different people. You know, with the exception of the two the red zone possessions there at the end, I thought we executed fairly well all night. A couple mistakes here and there. Uh, but like I said, when you get into big games, the margin for error gets very, very, very small. So, uh we have to learn from that because we have a we have a bigger one next week. Florida quarterback Kyle Trask spoke to reporters after his career performance, and he had some great things to say about how he thinks this team will respond. He said that when you go through a loss like this, it can either break you apart as a team or bring you closer, and he expects the latter to happen with these Gators. Um, yeah, it was tough, um, but I think uh, I I think there's two ways you can go. You can either you know lose and. You know, start pointing fingers, or you can lose and come together. And I think we have a great group of guys. And at the end of the, end of the day, it's just going to make this team better. And obviously, it sucks to lose games. Um, at the end of the day, you got to follow the plan to win. And there's always more we could have done on offense. And I think it's just going to make us better. Well, were you encouraged by those four 75-yard drives? Yeah, I think that I think you know a lot, we did a lot of good things in this game. Um, you know, we showed a lot of toughness to come into an environment like this, and really, I think we communicated well. You know, we didn't let the environment impact us, you know, negatively at all, and we really, you know, came together and just really um, gelled together and put some great drives together. Cornerback Marco Wilson also met with the media following Florida's loss at LSU, and he did not hold back. He called the defense's performance unacceptable. He was really upset with the way his secondary was able to give up plays to Joe Burrow and those wide receivers. Here's what he had to say after the game about what went wrong defensively. Uh, it was unacceptable for us. Uh, we're definitely going to put our head down and grind and make sure this doesn't happen again. Why were they having such ease there? Uh, I think for one, we were really good with stopping the run, um, and that really killed us. Uh, big run plays set them up for touchdowns that should, they should have never been set up for. I think they did a good job, but uh, really we gave them the plays that they got. Um, we didn't play to uh, the standard that we're used to, um, and that's why it turned out like this. What would you learn about the team tonight, do you think, though? I think we handled the uh, environment well. Um, it's just that we made mental errors um, that should have happened. I know we can play with anybody. Uh, we just got to play up to our standard and um, just focus in on our assignment. John, not having him, I mean, how, how big was that? Not having John, uh, it was, uh, it was, a, it was, a, it killed our vibe. Um, but we need to learn how to play without uh, some guys. Sometimes someone's going to be down, and we need to learn how to play without them. That'll do it for the latest edition of Locked on Gators. On today's show, we recapped our five keys to the game in the first segment. In the second segment, we took out our report card and graded the Gators. And in our final segment, we brought you some post-game comments from Mullen and the players. 
On tomorrow's show, we'll continue to break down this loss to LSU and how the Gators can move forward from here. We'll also hear what Dan Mullen had to say in his latest press conference. Make sure you stay tuned to Locked on Gators, your team every day.